You are tuned in to the Conquering Everest podcast, and this is episode 14. Welcome into the Concrete Universe podcast. My name is Brian Talor, and let me just say thank you. Thank you for tuning in and spending a part of your day here with me. And you know what? I'm going to ask you a favor. If you've enjoyed the Concrete Universe podcast, if you're a return listener, or even if you are a first-time listener, welcome, first of all. But do me a favor. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Let's blast it all over social media. And, uh, I, you know, I know we've got things on this podcast that are going to help people, and that is my mission. I want to help as many as we can. Now, today, I've got a very special guest, Melissa Concesio. She is a business strategist and a certified personal development expert. And she's got a book, and that book is Go F Yourself. Now, 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 hear me out. It's not go F yourself. It's go F as in find yourself. And it is a great book. And she was a great guest. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Melissa Concesio. Melissa Concesio, welcome to the Concrete Universe podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have you. So we, uh, we, we actually... Our paths crossed uh, in the uh, in the social media group for Tony Robbins' his, his latest yeah. event, mm-hmm. and I saw I saw you. Um, well, you wrote a book, and you get you know I've been reading it, and you've got a, a, a there's a lot of things we can get into. But I tell you what, before we we do that, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners that may, this may be their first time uh, or, or first uh, first chance to to get to know you? Yeah, sure. So um, I am what they call an edutainer. <laughs> I like to educate people, but in an entertaining manner. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what I spend most of my time doing is writing and creating um, educational material, both written and in audio, to help really ambitious people develop skills skills they need for personal growth, productivity, in order to attain their goals fast, whether it's in business or it's in your life. There's something you can do um, which has everything to do with personal growth. So that's that's what I talk about. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this book uh, that, that that you wrote. It's, it's, it's called Go... Well, you've you've played on the words a little bit, but and I like that is it's, it's go f yourself, but then yeah. the f is actually find yourself. What was yeah. your motivation in writing that book? What inspired you? Yeah, sure. So, um, I wanted people to stop fighting themselves. I feel like a lot of the times the enemy is on the inside. Um, when you finally stop fighting yourself, that's when you start loving your life. And I had to go through that journey myself. Um, growing up in a very, very difficult environment, um, I had to find the light to the way out. And the way I did that was through books. And so I thought this is my time to share what I've learned along the journey with with others through stories, but also through scientific evidence that really works that I have experimented with. Do you, would you want to share a little bit of what, uh, when, when, let's Mm -hmm. let's kind of go back a little bit in your history and some of the things that you had to endure Mm -hmm. uh, before, before you, you kind of flipped Mm -hmm. the switch, so to speak? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm happy to cover that. So, um, Every day in my life, right, as I was a young kid, growing up in fear, domestic violence, emotional abuse, it was the everyday in our household, almost to the point that it was normal. Um, I became insecure, a bit reserved, quiet. I'd often think that my words didn't matter. But my perspective switched one day. And I'll tell you what switched it. Um, A child in the street who was the same age as me, I I looked into her eyes and I looked down and I saw her belly and she was pregnant. Hmm. And it helped me let go of so much self-pity that I was having at the time for myself. 
when I saw her. But what I couldn't do at that time is I couldn't help her because I couldn't give her what I didn't have. I chose to do things completely differently after that day. I consumed all of the self-help I could get my hands on. I chose to build a life of my dreams by first fixing my own life and then helping others learn from that journey. I totally switched from why me to helping others. That's when I stopped hiding because I showed up for other people. To show my own battles in failure and finding confidence and finding that self-love, um, I feel like I went from the unheard introverted person to focusing on others, helping them grow, almost to the point that I don't care about how I sound anymore. Oh, and that's that's one of the hardest things to do is to get over that, yep. uh, yep. the fear of judgment from others. Exactly. <laughs> when... Um, what when we talk about your journey um at, at, when when you made that decision and you said okay i'm going to i'm going to start living the life uh, that i want that i choose and, and and helping others how long of a transition period did i mean was that uh for you was it almost instantaneous like a mindset just mm-hmm. changed or was it a process that that you had to mature and and and, and really kind of practice being uh, you know, practice thinking a different way. How how long of a transition did, was that for you? Yeah, sure. So the transition, um, so I saw the girl when I was 15, uh, when I saw the other child who was pregnant. And um, I moved to Australia by myself at 18. So that's when I would think that I executed my first goal. Uh, my biggest first goal, which was totally impossible at that time. I was I was in India at that time. And um, I would say, you know, it was a three-year process, the whole thing. But it started off with a mindset shift that changed um, how I saw things straight away. But then there was also a skill set shift where I had to learn what it actually took to achieve a goal. And then was the execution stage where I had to do to get myself to Australia on a plane by myself as a teenager. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You said you, you left India and went to Australia at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I was around 17 when I, <laughs> when I did my first big journey to, but I didn't, I didn't leave the country. I just, uh, you know, uh, went South and, 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 and relaxed on the beach for a little while. But, what was i mean what was that like for you i mean were you just completely scared of not scared in the because obviously you took action and you got on that plane and you went but there's a lot of uncertainty in all that so you know when you stepped off that plane were you just kind of like oh my goodness i'm i'm here yeah oh my god so it's very intimidating right whenever you're doing anything um anything you are outside your comfort zone uh, it's it's really really scary at that point in time but it also happens to be the last chapter of the book go find yourself um and and maybe i'll, I'll read a very little bit a few sentences of what i actually said um okay yeah would that work yeah yeah okay cool Life was finally starting to get better for me, and then I decided to change everything. Um, I got into a top Australian university, and it was my final day. I entered the airport, leaving everything behind. I felt no regret, but a pure sense of happiness as I bid farewell to all my families and friends. I was smiling as I passed through security, and then it hit me all at once. Tears streamed down my face, because there was no going back. I was alone, traveling to a foreign land with only a thousand Australian unbreakable plastic notes in my pocket, ready for the hardest, loneliest challenge I would ever encounter. And as the flight took off, I cried myself to sleep. <laughs> but, <laughs> what, um, what I re- yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, yeah what, I, what I really like... Uh, uh, what I've liked about your book is is you, you're very vulnerable. You're very open about you know what things that you've you've had you endured or had to overcome in your life, and then you you end each chapter with a little bit of like, hey, now I'm going to give you some steps. These these you know these are sort of actionable steps for you to to go out and do and and start you know shifting, um, you know shifting your mindset. So and it's a very well written book. So. Uh, 
that you know kudos on that how long did it take you to write that book i think like most people who think about writing a book <laughs> writing a book for a very very long time yeah but when you actually come down to do it and you get rid of all of that internal stuff that's going on with you and you start a routine on it you could i could pretty much i wrote all of the stories in in about 30 days um, but then I did a lot of research on how I could give people lessons and what actually worked and had to go back and make sure it all made sense and then flowed. Um, so that process, yeah, um, I would say thinking took me, you know, years, two years, but the writing part actually only took me um, about 60 days. The, so I've been... <clears throat> one of my goals in life is okay. is is to write a book as well wow. and and I've started and I've stopped and I've started and I stop and and my biggest my biggest hurdle I think with uh, writing this book is having the focus uh, to sit down and to spend some time writing and not get caught up in different distractions and I know that's something that that you've talked about and and and, and you've know you you know a, a, a little bit about it. You have something that um, I don't know if this was a, a book or, or just a, a conversation started, but shorter than a goldfish, attention span shorter than a goldfish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, Microsoft did a survey, and the survey found that our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, in fact, the average watch rate of a video, say on Instagram, is about three seconds as we speak. <laughs> so um, what's happening is that our attention spans are getting shorter than a, than a goldfish, which means we cannot concentrate on anything. There's a war on the amount of information we receive on a daily basis. And to step out of that and to get comfortable um, with yourself focusing on one task at a time is actually quite a difficult thing to do because the system of today makes it near impossible. Yeah, everybody's got you know social media, yeah. family, exactly. different exactly. things to, that 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 pulls them away. And and I know you're not a you're not a proponent of multitasking. I know that because <laughs> no. I I've, some of the things <laughs> I've read that you've put out there that it, it is about focusing on one task. If if a person Let's say a person has some some lofty goals. Um, I'll just I'll pick on myself. So I've got the I've got the podcast. I've got social media for conquering Everest. I'm trying to write a book, and 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 I do a little bit of each, or I try to do a little bit of each every day. I, I try to carve out time and say, okay, this time I'm going to spend um, solely on podcast content. Uh, this time I'm going to spend on social media. Is that, I mean, when, when we talk about multitasking, would you, is it, are you of the opinion that, okay, there's three things you want to accomplish. You should just focus on accomplishing one, or it's okay to have three things as long as you do um, set aside that time to focus on that one task. Yeah. So um, I think people talk about multitasking without talking about the context of what you're multitasking in. So if you think about context, right? If you have a task that's automated and you do two things together, that's fine. Yeah. But if you have a task where both of the tasks are an uphill battle for you, for example, you're learning how to write a book, and at the same time, mm -hmm. you're learning how to, uh, say, uh, you know, speak as well. Um, and you're trying to do both of them together, but your competence level is not, um, you know, at the point where you've done this as an expert for years and years and years. What happens is you get confused in your brain and you're trying to do too much at once. I'll give you a good example of this, right? If you um, say you're walking, now walking is very automated for most people. So you could easily listen to a podcast and walk. But say you're texting somebody. <laughs> Yeah. And you've all seen, everybody's seen what happens to people who text when they walk. <laughs> right, end up walking into the stop <laughs> sign. or what? Things. People have <laughs> fallen in mountains. <laughs> because they haven't, I know some people who have automated how they text and walk, right? And kudos to them. Uh, but until we've automated one of the tasks, 
um, it's very difficult to do two tasks that require high brain power and try to execute that at the same time. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, becoming, um, I'm trying to, trying to think, uh, like, uh, I coach basketball and, and, mm-hmm. and one of the things was, is we learn the fundamentals. We get the fundamentals down, the dribbling, the passing, um, how to position on the court. And then once that becomes a routine, then we can start working in, you know, uh, the plays and, and different aspects to run. And so that's kind of what you're saying is that's get, get really good at wonderful. the one thing and then, mm-hmm. then you and can then st- expand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when we talk a little bit about social media, that is, <clears throat> I know for me, there's, there's times where I can easily get lost uh, mindlessly scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or even YouTube. YouTube's probably the worst for me is because I can go down a lot of rabbit holes with that. What do you, um, you know, what, do, what would you say to people that, you know, that, that is a problem, social media, that fear of missing out, like how w- would you just say stop social media cold turkey or just treat it like anything else and give it a time box in your day? Yeah. So the thing about social media, I I think I really want people to know that it's not entirely their fault. The design itself of social media um, is to create FOMO. Um, So a Google employee was talking about this a while ago where um, he said that the, you know, the refresh buttons, when you pull down on your messages or you pull down on your newsfeed, more stuff comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, That is by design. They have created it so that it triggers what's called dopamine in your brain and it hits your reward center, which means you just want more of it, right? That's where you're scrolling through those news feeds and you cannot stop (laughs) because it hits that pleasure center in your brain. Um, What you can do about it, okay? One of the biggest things I think that has helped me is notifications and shutting them down. Notifications is what pulls you in. It starts the process. So if you try to create, have your notifications by design and go in and turn off notifications that don't work and that you don't need, it will save you a ton of time. And I'll give you a quick example of this. Um, A friend of mine was at a cafe and within, before we even got our coffees, right? Within 20 seconds, the phone was going ding, 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 ding. And she's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I really, I want to be here with you, but this stupid notification. And I said, oh, what are they? Is it something important? Like, did something happen? She's like, no, they're just notifications that, um, you know, something about a news article, something about stuff she doesn't care about. And that was taking her away every day of the second, just looking at some new stuff that she actually didn't care about. Now, when you do that by design, it changes everything because it shows you things that you care about. The um, and and, and the other aspect of social media too, is yeah. uh, for people that post, uh, and and wanting to get those you know uh, likes or comments. Right. I mean that, I would imagine that that creates a void, you know, with with mm-hmm. a person's uh, ability to focus as well or or feel good about themselves rather. Um, if they're not getting the likes, they're not getting the shares. Have you seen it in, in, in where, where that actually causes fear in people to act? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think part of it is the real reason. It's a very beautiful reason that humans, we're um, social beings and we just want to connect with each other. Now, in this time and age, um, we are connecting online. And what the connection online has done and the design of uh, every single thing that we work on these days, which is social media especially, um, is that we get that connection through likes. And we feel, we think that we get that connection through likes. But the truth is that that's not truly a connection because that's just a very, um, on the surface, you know, oh, somebody's seen your post. What's more valuable in terms of a connection online is to actually have a conversation with someone, to say hello, to um, have a back and forth instead of a like. If you can at any point 
instead of focusing on a like, maybe the person who's liked your photo, say hi to them. That would be so much more valuable to you and your spirit and the other person. Because what you truly want in your heart is that connection and not that like. Yeah, that's um, I, I can feel you, feel you there because I've I've been there in in that um, you know as 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 technology has advanced, uh, you know I I've never been a really great at uh, really great at calling people up and and just checking on them. Uh, and then and this was before technology, and then ever since te- now technology in a way has made it a little bit easier because I could easily send that message, but that message just really lacks. Uh, of that personal touch so i agree mm-hmm. you know bringing in that bring having that element of actual connection that 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 conversation mm-hmm. when uh we talk about the minimizing the distractions so social media certainly is is one of those distractions what what else are you seeing out there that that you would kind of caution people about when it when it comes to being able to minimize the distractions in their their day yeah um one of the best things you can do is i mean tim ferris talked about it um for a long time and he got famous doing that um it's about routines and morning routines um that work for a lot of people um and i think when you when you have that goal that you know what you're going to do and you've set yourself up for success um, that works a lot. And, and let me give you a direct example of that uh, in terms of what we were just talking about earlier, right? So it makes perfect logical sense. Um, for example, with your phones, um, if you just block your, um, your time on social media, is that going to keep you away from it? Or if you potentially take your phone put it in a room, lock the door, <laughs> yeah. and go and do something else, right? Because out of sight is out of mind. It, and it works with diets, and if we work with your phone, try it. Uh, because people who, and research shows this, that people who um, have, say, for example, uh, chips or junk food on, on their kitchen benches or very visible are more likely to eat it. But people who lock it away in the cupboard you know, where your phone is, maybe with the other stuff that you don't want to eat. (laughs) When you have it locked up in there um, and, you know, you lock the room and you get out of there, you're less likely to even go after it because it's out of sight, out of mind. And that's been one of the best things that's worked for me, too. And as you talk about routine, I always like to ask people, what does a routine, what does a typical day in in Melissa's life look like? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So um, one of the first things um, I do in the mornings, I've got a little two-year-old, which means that he he starts the day. He <laughs> <laughs> starts the day. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful start to the day. We go um, outside, especially when it's not raining, which is about 80% of the time. And um, we just look at the sky. Um, you know, it's a beautiful view of the sky, and it's a beautiful way to start the day. I play some buddhist meditation music um even though it's hard to meditate with a child or with you know because there's so many other distractions i can always play music so i have beautiful music playing in the background while i have breakfast for him and um i have a morning shake for me which is you know the healthiest way you can start your day uh the more likely you are to keep that up um and then yeah and then we have a cup of tea together uh my little one just has a what he calls biquet mm-hmm. uh in very uh, an Aussie vernacular tone which is uh, actually a cookie <laughs> so um yeah and uh you know we we start a day in a very very simple format I, I don't try to do too much uh even exercising i don't do it the first thing in the morning although it's very convenient for most people it actually doesn't work for me um, because there's so many other things to do. So I usually do exercise during lunchtime um, and it picks me up to face the rest of the day as well with uh, much, much enthusiasm and energy. So yeah, that's, that's typically how my, how my day goes. Now, do you, when you talked a little bit about um, having some, some music and kind of meditative, but not really getting mm. down with actual yeah. meditation but do you uh do you practice meditation is that something that 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 you you do when you have time and just kind of what so what i do is i've got this time uh where i meditate and for me that meditation time is late at night uh 
because it also brings up another thing, which is my writing routine that that we can talk about. Um, did you have another question that you were putting out there, just so I answer that at the same time as well? Uh, well, I was just, you know, with the with meditation, and and if you if you did, if that's something that you practice, I was. What what are the benefits? Like what what have you seen? Are some some major changes or shifts in your lifestyle that that you would attribute to having that time of solitude? Okay, so this is going to be. Uh, hopefully, I'm thinking this will make an impact, right? Because I'm referring back to something we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. So you remember when I seen that pregnant child uh, in the street, mm-hmm. and that really switched my mindset. I didn't know how valuable that was until I meditated, which was about 15 years later. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, what, what it did is it made me so sure, so sure that I had to step out of my own comfort zone to benefit others. Because in that moment of meditation, what it gives you in terms of benefit is ultimate clarity. It is so clear, it is so crystal clear what your purpose is, why you went through difficult moments in your life. And for some people, uh, meditation might bring up, I mean, do it, you know, if you're only doing it for the first time, um, do it with somebody who's highly skilled, mm-hmm. because it may bring up moments for you that are very painful and difficult to deal with. However, if you go beyond that in meditation, which most of us do, because most of it is about like a healing process, when you meditate, you get utmost clarity about your past and about your future, how it connects. You, you've heard Steve Jobs that says, you don't know how the dots connect, but they just connect in the future. Right. You have to do, yeah, it's exactly that. It's just all the dots connect and you're like, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree because I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not uh, super disciplined when it comes to m- taking time to meditate uh, in, in the traditional, med- I do take time at night. I usually, you know, as I'm winding down from the day, I just kind of, you know, I might play some music and I just kind of sit and I'm alone and I'm just in the present moment. So you know, I don't always try to silence my mind or anything like that, but I know in times when I have, when I've really gotten super quiet, I, I have gotten those answers to questions that 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 I've had, and um, kind of my mind says, "Hey, you know, here here's the direction you need to go." So uh, that's mm-hmm. you know one of the things that uh, is a common theme, I, I believe, is, is the more I talk to people that have, um, I'll say, made a, a found success in their life, and I know everybody define success differently, but that having that time for personal, um, introspection is that, I, I don't know if that's the word, but you know, that, that time to be, um, just still and, and let your mind kind of get rid of the, the junk <laughs> that, that you've mm-hmm. absorbed all day. That, that is one of the things that they, um, I, it, it seems to be a, a, a common theme when we talk about the, um, your your writing routine do you do you carve out time in the day i mean is it you, you said you kind of like meditate and that leads into some of your your writing how does yeah. how do those two I, i'm very excited to talk about this because okay. um <laughs> i think it's a very unusual writing routine and it's something unique that i can offer people if other things haven't worked for them in the past okay So this is what I do. Um, I find my most productive hour of the day in terms of thinking time when my mind goes a bit, you know, like thinks about a thousand different things. We all have that moment. Um, You you know, right? You've experienced that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that moment in my personal belief is your ultimate productive hour. Now, what if you could take that hour, okay, meditate for the first 10 minutes, and then start your routine what's going to happen with that is your mind goes in the direction of clarity of thought because you have all of that energy in your head and what that allows me to do is go from all these thoughts right jumping from one thing to another to ultimate clarity to channeling the thoughts into stories or events of my life and then writing down so what i do is i've got a little sketch pad 
um, where I write down just words of what I thought about in that ultimate moment of um, my productive hour. And I just write down words and I fill in the blanks later. I don't do all of the work at once. I don't put too much pressure on myself to write a whole um, you know, a whole book in that time or write a full chapter. So I'll tell you how I started the book as well. What I did was I started writing the stories that came to me during that productive hour. I meditated on it and made it even better and then started to capture the stories that I wanted to tell that would benefit other people. And then that's when I could later on look at those chapters and say hey here are all the keywords of um of the things i wanted to tell people of the wisdom i wanted to impart and here's you know all of this research that i can do right now and i'd research it and then i'd fill in the whole story later at a later stage does that make sense yeah actually that's um i mean i'm, I'm as you're explaining that i'm like i need to do that that's that's something i need to try <laughs> Because I do put a lot of pressure on myself, especially when it comes to my writing, that I feel like I need to, if I don't accomplish, you know, X amount of words, then, you know, I failed. So yeah. I, I think I'm going to yeah. take that approach where I just kind of have that that that, that time excited. to collect and, you know, let the mind speak, write down the words. And, and, and I, that's a, a unique way to approach it. But I'm, I'm certainly going to give that a try. Now, you're not just a... a, a an author you um you're a business uh, strategist is that yeah yeah correct yes can you tell us a little bit about that like you're, you're going out and helping um as i look at some of your profile i mean there's some looks like you've got some pretty big big companies there fortune 500 companies that you've uh, you've helped out with can you just talk a little bit about what your role as a as a business st strategist is yeah sure so um, I want I want to tell you the whole backstory because you know I'm not all this all fancy person that works with only big um, organizations, but I, I want to tell you how it started. So I was working in corporate Australia and I was sick of being not noticed, and it was you know because of my own fault. I'd um, I'd literally hide in meetings, not say a word, because you know I was usually the youngest, and I'd um, you know I think that everybody else knows so much more than me, so I wouldn't say a word. Um, but there was an opportunity that came up um, where you could um, build a strategy um, for a company through innovation from the ground up. And um, I, I did that. And I went on stage and presented it uh, about to 500 people. And people were talking about it for years. <laughs> wow. So... Oh, and I'm like, I didn't even do anything. People say hi to me in the lift. And I'm like, you never noticed me before. But okay. <laughs> um, and, and there was good reason for that, that I, I decided to stop hiding and stop playing a bigger game. I was, I was too busy playing the small game in my own fears and doubts and insecurities. So when I pushed that, um, I got, as a consultant, invited um, to go and speak with a lot of um, these big companies, including Coke and that, uh, Coca-Cola. To, to help them with their innovation and run their strategy sessions. So um, that's, that's how it all started um, in, the, in the corporate world. And what I did was uh, my passion kind of lies with uh, the, in the entrepreneur space. Okay. So although I do consult there, um, I love to help entrepreneurs build their brand to get out all of their business strategies that connect with them and their life in terms of innovation of product, innovation of their own marketing and personal brand. So that's that's pretty much what I spend my time doing. What would you say to folks that are, you know, that might be listening to this and they say, you know, I've got this idea for a business and they don't really know how to start um they, they may start doing a couple different things, but what would be your recommendation to that entrepreneur? Hey, I've got this idea. I want to bring it uh, to life, but I'm not quite sure how to do it. Like, what would be your advice if, the, if they were to reach out to you? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm loving sharing this advice because it's the single most best thing I've ever done for myself. You know, you, what we do is we spend too much time in our own heads. And I remember being in a meeting with this really wise old man, older man, I should say, <laughs> but he is like a symbol of a wise old man. And um, 
he uh, and I were talking about this project and I'm like, okay, we've got to do launch date, blah, 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 get it all done. You know, it was for a big company. And um, he's like, we've got it all going on. And I said, you know, what's missing? And we were, we were talking about the small little part about how to, how to invite these big prospective clients. And he looked at me and he said, stop. Right now, it's just you and me. I said, what does that mean? And he's like, right now, it's just you and me. We're just talking. Nothing happened in the outside world. And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. If you are debating with yourself in your head, and right now, it's just you and you, and nothing's happening in the real outside world, which means you haven't gone out and spoken to clients. You haven't done any branding or marketing on social media where people can find you. You haven't told anybody you know. It's just you and you. And so it means nothing to the outside world. So if you want to get started, get your voice out there. Get your brand out there. You can do that by means of a book like I have. And you can do that by getting on, on camera and, and talking to people. Or you can do that by getting on Brian's podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um... When we think of, so we've got this, you know, this person that they're ready to to, to branch out, mm-hmm. but they, and you say, get on camera and, uh, you know, start to share your story. And for some folks, and I know, cause I was this way for many, many, many years of my life. Uh, thankfully I've overcome it, but that fear, that insecurity creeps in yeah. and they think, well, my story doesn't matter or my idea yeah. doesn't matter. What would yeah. you, what would you say to those folks that, that, you know, they're just, it's paralysis by analysis, you know, trying to be perfect. What, what would you say to get them going? Yeah, sure. So I'm really glad that you asked that because a lot of the times we go to people for skills, but actually the skills that we need to work on are on the inside. Um, where there's doubt, there's judgment. And, you know, even though I've grown a lot, like there's still some times where I feel like, you know, I messed up before and I'm going to mess up again. Um, And sometimes it happens. But um, there's there's something that I write in the book that I want to share, and it was about facing your fear. And I call it the fear switch. In any moment of time, you can choose to face your fear or live with it for the rest of your life. Being fearless is a total myth. It's overused, common misconception that we're born fearless. At one point, an individual faces the fear and they choose to redefine their relationship to that fear. That's that's when you that's when you overcome it because it's not the absence of fear. And you know, I, I totally have empathy for you and myself as well because i still struggle with this but we have to choose we have to choose to doing things that scare us a little bit and deliberately practice in safe environments and take smart calculated risks that you know are good for you and you know in your heart if you take a calculated risk the fear only resides in your head that's the one thing i'd tell you yeah that's great advice i was uh you know i grew up uh my childhood and and teen years and even into my adult years a lot of fears a lot of insecurities and and until I made the conscious decision to say you know what I'm not going to let fear define me and I started standing up and I I developed this philosophy that I you know I believe in and and live by every day is if something scares me I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. because that to me is the best way to to you know Fear is that bully, and until you stand up to it and say no more, it, it won't back down. So that's that's great advice. You have some you have some different social media. I want to take some time and let you kind of share out uh, how people can find you, and uh, mm-hmm. you know find the book. Uh, so if you'd like to, you know, if you have any social media, and I, of course I'll link everything in the description as well for for folks, but. If somebody wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Okay. So you can reach out to me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, uh, or you can just Google me and you'll definitely find 
uh, a lot of stuff about me. <laughs> and um, all you need to Google is uh, the name Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, and Confessio. And Confessio is my last name. I think there's only one of me in the world. Um, and I'll spell that out. <laughs> it's the word concession, but just knock off the N. Because my name autocorrects to concession. <laughs> it's been the biggest laughing stock of my entire professional career. <laughs> but um, it works. In, in helping people remember my last name, which is C-O-N-C-E-S-S-I-O, and my first name's Melissa. If if you Google that, you'll find me on Instagram, you'll find me on Facebook, or if you look it up on, on any of the social media platforms, you'll find me there, and you'll also find my um, website that you can potentially get onto. Well. And that's, uh, I, I've seen, uh, as I as I went out and did some homework, so you have uh, melissaconcessio.com, and then you also have right. uh, some space where you share some thoughts on Medium. I do that too. So that's kind of, um, mm-hmm. are you still pretty active on, on Medium as well? Yeah, yeah, I am. What I do is I try to, uh, so most people invest. I don't know how much time they invest in articles, but what I understand is that um, they invest, uh, you know, maybe a few days into articles. I invest a few months Yeah. <laughs> because... I, I believe that there's a lot of information out there and, you know, the whole overwhelmed stuff that I speak about. So I spend, I really research it down to the T so I can find all of the solutions that I can offer that I understand where I've gone in depth and gone through research papers and the whole lot. And that's when I publish a Medium article. So if you want to find me on Medium, there, there will be a few articles on there and a few more coming. And I am um, active on there, but you'll find an article that I spend a hundred plus hours in. Um, so I, I don't release it like every week or anything. It's mostly every few oh, months. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you one one more question here. It, it, it popped in my head. Uh, I lost it for a minute, but now it's back. Is okay. You're you're. I would say you know you sound like a pretty successful businesswoman, entrepreneur, author. I'm sure that hasn't always been the case, right? You, you've probably hit some bumps in the road. You've probably experienced failure, uh, which that fear mm-hmm. of failure really does kind of freeze people in their place. What, um, what kind of, what kind of failures have you experienced and, and, and what is your advice on how to uh, deal with those failures? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, I, I did a video today where <laughs> the first time I did the video, I cried. <laughs> I'm like, I've just had so many failures. I'm like, where do I even start? It's it's difficult um, trying to live a life of your dreams when you feel like no matter what you do, you still got to level up. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but the one thing I, I'd say is if you mess up, don't worry. Life gives you many, many second chances. And we're just so fortunate that we can try again. Right. So I, I want to talk about a specific thing that I spoke about today in a, in a speech um, where uh, I published it to uh, a group that had 300,000 people. So I was super nervous about getting this out right. there, right? <laughs> In front of so many people. Um, but I'll tell you what the story was about. So I um, I signed up as a kid to, you know, go and speak on stage. And I was super excited. I thought I could do that because I was no good at any sport either. So I was like, hey, maybe I'm good at speaking and I'm going to try this off. Um, I prepared for, you know, six out of seven topics. And the one topic I did not prepare for is what I was handed. (laughs) (laughs) So a friend told me on the way up uh, to the stage, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what topic they give you. Just go speak about whatever you want. And so um, I went up on stage and what I had prepared for is a stitch in time saves nine. It's about, you know, getting away from drugs and and saving yourself and stuff. And I started to talk and I was like, a stitch in time saves and I said, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and the stares I received, everybody had laughed. You know, they were whispering in each other's ears. And I was in total, like, yeah, I was in total embarrassment. Um, I was caught like a deer in the headlines. And I, I tried to speak to fix things up, but I couldn't stop talking. And I was just going and going and going and talking rubbish. And um, I spoke about, you know, wildlife. And then I spoke about drugs. And then I spoke about drugs and wildlife. <laughs> and it was 
is ridiculous. And then I'm like, I'm never going to live again. Um, right. And the entire school had seen me. But I decided that that was in my defining moment. I had to defeat what had happened to me. Um, I had to almost like redemption. You know, I, I'm infinitely powerful. Um, right. And you are as well. And if you want to try again, you'd never know the outcome of the next attempt, right? right? Because you tried it once, something happened, it didn't work out, but you'd never know the true outcome of another attempt until you try again and you try again and you try again because every outcome has its own life. And that's what mistakes do. They make us grow in wisdom, experience, and you know what else? The biggest thing, character. Mm-hmm. Toughens, it strengthens that uh that internal fortitude, uh, something you said, and I think uh, anybody that's listening to this podcast needs to write this down and put on a sticky note on their monitor. Uh, you said life gives us many second chances, and that's a wonderful quote. I've got it written down here, and I'm gonna make sure I keep that front and center in in, in front of my my eyes because that's when it comes to failure, when it comes to making mistakes, messing up. It it we all need to remember that that's that's not the end of the game and in life yeah. it is going to present us with, with those second chances. We just got to keep pushing. We just got to keep going. Yeah. What's um, what's next for Melissa Concesio? Is, is there going to be another book in the future? Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I've um, taken on a challenge to help people write their own books or get their writing process started because I know I know what it takes and I know how difficult it is to do that so I'm offering a lot of one-on-one you know help um, if somebody wants to write a book and uh, like a free you know session to see where their blocks are and help them get the process started Um, and I'm doing videos every day um, on Facebook um, to help people with their writing skills and also some of the technical skills that, that you'd potentially need um, to write a book. So um, that's that's what's next for me. I really want to focus on, I did a lot of learning. I did a lot of action taking. And now I want to teach a little bit because I feel like that's when all of us benefit and we all grow. Um, and I'm keen, to, I'm keen to help people and see what their blocks is. And it's going to make me an even better writer and it's going to make them a better writer. So I feel like it's a win for all. That's my next goal. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, you know, somebody, uh, I don't remember who uh, who I heard this from, but it was a speaker and, and he had said, because when I first, you know, I think when anybody first kind of gets into, they get this idea in their head and they say, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, obviously, a lot of us are, are hoping to strike it rich and, you know, have the, you know, the rest of our life be set. But I heard uh, the speaker say one time that that money and fame or whatever, you know, whatever you're chasing is always going to be a byproduct of adding value to somebody's life. So the more that we can give back, the more that comes back to us in return. So I, I'm a strong believer in that. And that's that's uh, you know, that's my focus too, is I want to teach. I want to, I want to help others uh, overcome. So very good. And when you say you're putting videos on Facebook, do you have a Facebook page or is it just your, your own profile or? Um, I have been putting it on my uh, personal profile actually, and okay. I will be sending it out on uh, my Facebook page as well, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Melissa Concesio. So yeah, if you want to look up my page, there it will be uh, all of the videos that I start to do. I'm doing one a day. So yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap things up here, do you have any final words of wisdom uh, for for those that are listening uh, out there today? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd like to say that if you just, if you just focus in on yourself, I think we talked about meditation earlier, and I want to requote that every single person that, that Tim Ferriss interviewed, like a whole heap of billionaires and tools of the titans, he calls them, and every single person had an inward-looking sort of meditation routine. If you just find some quiet time for yourself, 
and hear yourself out about what you really want to do and what you want to accomplish and achieve, uh, it will speak to you. You will speak to yourself. And that's when, you know, you really know and have the utmost clarity that you deserve. So I'll leave you with that. Um, I hope that's something you can take home to the heart and actually do as well. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. So Melissa, I just want to say thank you again for being on the podcast. You've got so much wisdom and, and uh, inspiration in, in, in your story. And, and definitely if you haven't, uh, anybody listening, you need to go over to Amazon and, uh, check out the book, go find yourself and make sure you purchase it. Cause it's, uh, it's a good read and it's, uh, it's something that will help you take action for sure. So thank you, Melissa. I, I, I hope, I hope our paths uh, cross again in the future and, and maybe uh, I have you back on the show sometime. I'd love to do that. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And that was my conversation with Melissa Cassesio. What a great conversation. She, um, if you haven't already gone out to Amazon and purchased that book, do yourself a favor and purchase it. It's not expensive. And you know what? I tell you what, when it comes to development, when it comes to learning, when it comes to growth, can you really put a price tag on it? She could sell that book for 50 bucks and it'd be worth every penny. It's not even close to that in price. So make sure you go check out that book. And you know what? I, I do not get anything. That's I am not an affiliate. So I'm, I'm telling you, go get this book and I'm not going to get a red cent from it. So um, you don't have to worry about me just throwing you a sales pitch because it's nothing like that. Melissa was a great guest. I look forward to seeing what great things she does in the future. I'm definitely going to stay in touch and uh, hopefully have her back on the show uh, in the future. But once again, I come back to you. I say, I need a favor from you guys. If you're still listening, if you're still tuned into the podcast, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Cause you know, we're almost an hour at length and I know, Hey, remember we talked about it with Melissa, that short attention span, that phone buzzing, the, the notifications going off. If you're still with me, thank you. Thank you for hanging out this long. And please, if you haven't already followed the podcast, please give it a follow on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, listening to it on and share social media. You got Facebook, right? You got Instagram. You might have Twitter. Whatever your social media platform is, share it out. Tell people about Conquering Everest. Let, let's share this knowledge with the world. So until next time, this is Brian Talor saying aim high, be courageous, and do amazing things.